0: Hey Hey, y'all, welcome to NOLA HOTS, a podcast to raise awareness about congenital heart defects and discuss resources about CHD and some other stuff.
1: We're just two heart mamas from New Orleans doing this for heart mamas, or dads, grandmas, aunts, friends, whoever may want to listen.
0: That's Susan Oakwood, And that's Lana Stevens. And we feel like we've got a lot to say. Welcome back, everybody. We are in our second episode of April, National Donate Life Month. We've been talking about transplant and organ donation a little bit this month, um, some of our guests have had a um kind of a, a common theme. So our guest today is going to be Miss Jennifer and her son Blake Babin. Um Blake is a heart transplant recipient um from a congenital heart defect from birth. And so we thought it would be an interesting combination to get the two of them together um, as a mom and a son. Um he is he's grown and he is doing well. He's in college, and so um we are happy and excited to hear from them today to kind of hear what their experience has been um, because it it is a little different when you're when you go down that transplant road compared to you know where you and I not, not that it's just open heart surgery but tra- and transplant but it's to the a mix, whole nother, yeah, is is a little different so that's um, a whole nother layer that we've yeah never so we just we just we're at the end of the month um, April's been great we just wrapped up Easter hope y'all had a good Easter. <sighs>
1: I miss being at the camp. I know, I know you do. Hopefully, how much longer? Maybe Mother's Day. I don't good, know. Good. Good. Uh, maybe Memorial Day. Okay, we're going
0: We have goals. We have goals. Okay. Good. Good.
1: I'll say Memorial Day and hope. I know. Well, hope we have for summer Mother's coming.
0: Day. We have summer coming soon. So lots of opportunity for y'all to get out there. Hopefully. I hope so. Yeah. Hope so, so anyway, um, ready for our next guest today? So without further ado, here's Jennifer and Blake Babin. Welcome
1: to Jennifer and Blake Babin. Thank you for being here with all of us today. Um, tell us a little about you and your family and how you know CHD has come into y'all's family.
2: I was, I was born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome and I ended up having a transplant at two weeks old. Oh, wow. And it's kind of always been a part of our family. Um, I'm the oldest in my family. So all of my siblings and including myself, we've only known this lifestyle. And so it's just kind of always been there for us. It it wasn't really anything new since our whole lives. It's always been there, a part of our family.
0: So you said you were two weeks old.
2: Yes, ma'am.
1: Wow. Okay. So let me ask this, forgive my ignorance, Mm -hmm. but I I feel like most people I know with hyperplastic, they're able to have surgery. So what was different about
3: yours that you needed a transplant? So I'll take this one. Um, I found out in utero about Blake's um, congenital heart defect. Um, When I did my initial prenatal history, when I found out I was pregnant, I had told my OB that I thought my grandpa had a hole in his heart. And so she was like, oh, we'll just refer you to a perinatologist, just to make sure everything's okay. So I have my 19 week ultrasound and there was nothing that they saw on it that was abnormal. And I was in nursing school at the time, so I was like, well, I'll just switch until finals are over before we go to the perinatologist, and I'm so glad I did, because when we went is when um, we were told, you know, a normal heart has four chambers and your son's only has two, and then we referred to cardiology. When we met with Dr. White at Ochsner, um, he kind of confirmed the diagnosis, and then I think we met with Dr. Davis, who was the surgeon at the time, and they were the ones who pretty much said we had three choices. We could either list for a transplant at the time. So this was like almost 20 years ago now. There was a 50% mortality rate waiting. Um, We could do the Norwood procedure, and they had also told us that that would be a 50% mortality rate with the surgeries, or we could just do nothing and enjoy the hours we would probably have and go on. So we were very fortunate for Blake that we had an option. I know now his cardiologist has said that they don't really, they don't really give transplantation an option initially anymore. Right. I kind of it was was a little more common. Yeah. They've probably right. learned and more it, since then. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, we kind of just weighed the options and thought that transplantation would give him, A chance at the most normal life as far as physical activity is concerned, you know, because we've been fortunate. I mean, he has, you know, he had bouts of really bad eczema and he has food allergies, we think, all because of depression. But as far as any kind of cyanosis or any of those factors that you kind of see with the surgery route, um, he didn't really experience. He was able to participate in sports and physical activity all normally, you know, thanks be to God.
1: And so did you get on the transplant list when you were still pregnant or they waited till he was born to do that?
3: No. So like after he was born, they told me they would do, you know, um they would do a fetal echo or not a fetal echo at that time, just an echo just to confirm the diagnoses. And so then after that was done is when they did like all the blood work and then they actually listed him. Okay. I wanna say it might not have been until like day two that he actually got on the list but you got a recipient within two weeks.
1: That's, did they expect it to be two weeks or did they expect it? it to be really didn't, yeah.
3: yeah, we really didn't know, you know, it was kind of just like they had initially told us, you know, we'll list them. There's a chance that if he's waiting for a while, we might have to do like the first surgery yeah, of the yeah. three, you know, just to buy time. Um, we were very fortunate that Blake never had to be on ECMO or a ventilator after birth, like he just stayed under this little hood that allowed his um, his ductus arteriosus to stay open. kind of kept his oxygen levels low. So we were able to kind of hold him still and just like have this little blow by um, air to keep his oxygen where they wanted him to be. Um And yes, it was two weeks, but those two weeks, you know. They were they probably seven years. years. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so how long were you in the hospital after the transplant? Um, I think that we went home the week the weekend after Mother's Day. So Blake was born April 3rd. He was transplanted April 17th to 18th, like through the night, 18th morning. So, what is that, roughly maybe four to five weeks after? Uh-huh. Okay. So, I think okay. he stayed in Pi for a while, you know, maybe two weeks, and then we kind of roomed in on the floor. Yeah. So, uh, you just said you have a birthday
0: coming up. Blake, you're going to be how old? 20?
2: Uh, 20, yes, ma'am.
0: That's incredible, and you look like you're doing well based on what we can see through this Zoom call. <laughs> um, what are you doing these days?
2: Uh, I'm at Tulane right now. I'm studying... Uh, cell biology, and I want to do uh, pre med and go to med school and be a ca- uh, pediatric cardiologist.
0: Oh, uh, you're best. like every you're like every pediatric cardiologist dream patient. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's Good incredible. For you. That's really great. Do you feel like you had, um, you know, any limitations or anything since you know growing up? I mean, all, like you said, all you've ever known is being a transplanted patient. You don't know anything different.
2: Well, when I was younger, I definitely got sick more often than other kids. So Mm -hmm. I was out of school for long periods of time with simple sicknesses like the flu or a cold. I was out for maybe a week or two with something simple like that. But I I figured around like seventh or eighth grade, Mm -hmm. I didn't really experience, you know, diseases as bad. And I played, I played basketball in junior high, and then I played basketball and baseball in high school. So I would say ever since junior high, it's been pretty much normal aside from the regular checkups and the lab works and the cath that you have to do every uh, two years. I, I think for me right now is what we're doing. Uh-huh. Other than that, it's been relatively normal. I haven't had to sit out for many activities that I wanted to do because of it. So it's really been amazing that I've That's been able incredible. to. So
1: you only have to go to the cardiologist every two years? Uh, no, I go every four months.
0: Right, mm-hmm.
2: I go every four months, but I have the biopsy every two years. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um. Well, of course, I have a, a, a other thing. Like, I'm all over the place with my questions. <laughs> and what do I want to ask next? I'm so. Excited. <laughs> um. So, you know, I, I've known you guys for a while from the work that I do with Lopa. I've been familiar with your story, and um, and and kind of, you know, have met you in passing before. Um, but that brings me to my next question: of you know, because of that, um, what what are some of the things that you guys do to raise awareness? I know that you both do things to raise awareness about donation, um, about congenital heart defects or transplantation or whatever. Um, since we are interviewing in April, which is Donate Life Month, and this is going to air in in the, our Donate Life Month segment, so I'd I'd love to hear: um, were you involved in transplant games?
2: Yes, we are. Yes,
0: tell us more about that and some of the things that you've done. Um, to raise awareness, because I know y'all have done a bit.
2: What
3: was the first year? What's the to Um, 2014.
2: So we started going in 2014. I think it was in Texas at the time, mm-hmm. right? Houston. Uh-huh. And so what we do is we go to these uh, cities that may have a lower donor registry based on the population size, and we compete in kind of like an Olympic Games type uh, uh-huh. setup and just try to bring awareness to organ donation through some people's stories and for people to be able to see what we're able to do after transplantation and see how it can affect people's lives. And just through those games, we hope to maybe get more people to sign up for organ donation. Absolutely. And other than and that. We're we're able
0: to, you're able to actually participate in the event, and it's all transplant patients, correct?
2: Correct, yes.
0: Okay. Oh, and so that's then, a wonderful experience.
2: <laughs> it is. Um, other than that, we've act last year we shot a commercial around this time uh-huh. on campus that aired, I think, on Fox, and that was to raise awareness for a donation as well. It was kind of part of their uh, what was the Donate Life Month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was part of their Donate Life Month. I think that's initiative, and so we did that, and then also. I spoke at this conference called the Organization of St. Lazarus, and they're an international <laughs> organization that raises awareness for organ donation. Mm-hmm. And I kind of went and just told them my story because uh, we believe it's an, it's important to put a face to the actual transplantation. Absolutely. if people don't know, like the type of people that benefit from this, they'll be less likely to sign up. Whereas if they can actually see what they're doing has a purpose and will affect people's lives, they'll be more likely to sign up. So that's kind of our goal. It
0: it really makes such a big difference for people to see, like you said, put a face with it. Um, Have y'all been in contact with
3: your donor family or no? So no, we, um, you know, sent a letter through, you know, right after Uh and never got any correspondence back. Okay. Okay. Well, so, um, I don't, I think we were told initially that it was a six month old from Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. That's all we know. Okay. Well, yeah. My, my Lopa, my Lopa hat
0: being on, well, I have my other hat on right now, but my, if I put my Lopa cap on, I would tell you to, if you ever felt the need to write again, Um, I, I highly encourage people to do it because sometimes people, you know, that many years later are, are maybe ready to hear from it. Just don't, don't discard writing again. If you ever mm-hmm. decide you want to, the option's always there. So so, Jennifer, tell us, what has been a, being a heart mom meant to you? I mean, it's been so long. You've been a heart mom for your entire life. Well, right,
3: and um, so just like Blake said, like, he's never known anything different, neither have I, you know, because Blake was my first. Right. <laughs> so it was kind of like newly married, newly pregnant, bam, yep. uh, here it is. But I'll tell you, for me, I feel like with my other kids, it's made them really appreciate their health. A lot more, like, you know, taking it to a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. Uh, They come to the transplant games with us. So they've seen the stories of the donors that lost their life and the families that chose donation and the recipients that received and even recipients that received and now are passed because they honor those as well at the games. And so I feel like for my teens now, um, you know, they've kind of made comments to me like, mom, I can't believe this person vapes. I mean, they have healthy lungs. Like, why would they do that to themselves? Or, you know, I think it yeah. it it caused them to have a greater awareness to be just yeah. full for their health. Right. Um, for me, I feel like it really made me just appreciate the gift of life in every second, you know, like that the present really is truly a gift because we're not guaranteed any time. And it kind of just made me, instead of worrying about the future, just to really live Mm -hmm. in the
2: world.
3: Well, Blake, do you have a piece of advice for any kids or
1: parents or adults or patients who are in the need of a transplant or who are considering going down the road of donation or any of that? Do you have any
2: advice for them or pieces of words of wisdom? Um, Well, for people who may be considering, I would just say that it's out of your hands now. And that you just have to hope and believe that whatever you need, whether it be a transplant or maybe a surgery or whatever, whatever it is, that it'll work out and just, you know, pray that it may happen and know that there's nothing you could do about it now. And so, whatever, well, just do whatever you want to do.
0: Live life. Being,
2: huh? Yeah, just live life. So that way you don't have any regrets regardless of what may happen. And for people who are considering to be donate to donate, I would just say that, you know, it doesn't hurt you to donate. There's no negative to that. So you should definitely donate and save lives because one person can save multiple lives. So if, if everybody would just be an organ donor, then so many more people's lives would be saved.
3: And I would say to elaborate on that, because I feel like it's so hard, but like pediatric organ donation is like something that I feel like is probably so hard to discuss because at what no parent wants to envision that, you know, they might lose their healthy child. Um, but just to put a little like seed there, you know, that, I mean, Blake is alive today because of six month olds. Right. Parents or grandparents or guardian, whoever it was, made that decision. Right, right, made that decision to give life to somebody else who, who needed it. So yeah, yeah. that's so important. so important, so hard, but so important. It is. it is. It's a difficult discussion to have, but when
0: you look and you see people like Blake and um, how well he's doing, it's it. I'm sure that these donor families um, are are happy to see you mm-hmm. know where the good that came out of that is. So.
3: And look, it's even hard waiting because I know I struggled initially, like, how do you really pray that um, a heart can be found, right? Because that means that somebody else is going to experience a tragic loss. So we kind of just turned our prayer to like, if, you know, there's a tragedy somewhere in the world, like, please let it just be a match for my kid, you know, we just pray we pray daily. Like when we say grace as a family, like that prayer is just incorporated into it. Like God bless the donor and family. And that's something that now like the eight-year-old just like says right away after grace, like it's just part of the prayer, but
0: I love it. It's we're really grateful conversations, which is what it should be. So, mm-hmm. well, Blake, we're excited to see where you end up going. Um happy to see you stayed and, and stayed as a NOLA boy and um, Tulane. <laughs> Um, and hope you're doing well in school, and we can't wait to follow you and see kind of all the great things that you're gonna do. What about you? You have anything else? I kind of took over this one. What I do
3: <laughs>
1: Well, I was gonna ask Jennifer if you had a piece of advice for parents out there who are newly have a newly diagnosed child, you know what what piece of advice
3: would you give a new heart parent? I would just say just to maybe try to link up with some other fellow moms that might be going through the same thing, whether it be just like a Facebook group or listening to this podcast. Um, I know like as a new mom, I didn't really know that there was, I mean, I guess I knew there was a such thing as CHD, but I didn't know how prevalent it was, you know, until you kind of start talking and looking and realizing that you're really not alone so I feel like that's so important and just to know that like even though you have a child with chronic illness or disability that you know it'll be your new normal it'll take getting adjusted to but you know your normal will eventually become you know just your new normal and it's going to be all right that's that's a good point
0: it's kind of one thing that we've never really it's like it's it rocks your world, but you don't think yeah. like it's, you just have to get used to it as your new normal, like because you're not have a choice, you don't have any other choice. That's right. So, and like
3: you know, the surgery and the transplant, like it's not really a cure. You know, I always tell people, like, transplantation is really isn't a cure, it's just a, another journey, right? And it's a process, yeah, right? Involves everybody, not just this child and not just my husband and I, but really the whole family. Right. So that's why for us, the transplant games have been so healing. Like it allowed mm-hmm. an opportunity to meet kids like him. Um, for him, I think the first time he went was he said like, for the first time in my life, I realized like I wasn't different. Like I was like everybody else there. So for moms who have children newly diagnosed, you know what, with with a heart defect and not on the transplant route, like it would probably be beneficial for that parent to introduce her son or daughter to other, you know, Children going through the same thing. That's
1: how yeah. my awesome son tells way. about heart camp. Yeah,
0: so our kids go to um, a sleepaway camp um, that's all heart congenital heart patients or patients right. that have had some type of heart surgery. And so both of them said the same thing: like I like it there because everybody has a scar on their chest and right. everybody has been through the same thing, even if it's not the same defect but similar. And so it's right. it's, it's kind of a similar thing for you in the transplant world. And I love that because I know a lot of people that go to the transplant centers. I mean, a lot of them volunteer with us at Lopa and are just such an amazing group of people Um, so I'm happy that y'all are a part of that so well thank y'all for joining us today all right thank (laughs) Thank y'all hear
1: your story thank you Jennifer and Blake that was awesome
0: yeah they were uh, it was nice to have a combination of a mother and son but the son being all grown up now so and can really talk for himself
1: yeah not
0: coaxing right like
1: (laughs) Henry how do you feel do (laughs) you feel this
0: (laughs) Henry, this is what I want you to say. Just kidding. No, Blake did a great job. Um, So happy to hear successes like college and his plans for medical school. That's just awesome. So thank you all again for for joining us and spreading the word about transplant and donation awareness, too. That's always near and dear to me as well. Yes,
1: for sure. And next month we have coming up Mother's Day. So we'll be interviewing three moms um, who are going to share their story. uh, Jennifer was kind of a good introduction to
0: moving into Mother's Day, really.
1: Yes, for sure. Please share your stories with us, whether it's your own story, your child, your grandchild, or friends. Um, We love to hear and meet all kinds of new people. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Nola Hotz. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Please make sure to share our podcast with your friends via Apple and make sure to review and rate us if
0: you enjoy us. This was fun. We're looking forward to our next episode. Don't forget, no judgment here. It's all about survival. Cheers. Cheers.